guys. This is Craig Costello, and I want to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Thank you um, for spending your time here, man, for hanging out with me on the podcast. I really appreciate your presence here. I want to talk to you a little bit about power today um, and where uh, where you access it or where it comes from. Before we jump into the conversation, let me um, once again ask you, if you don't follow the Black Sheep Experience on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, please go and, and do that. It actually does matter. And um, yeah, I'd love to see you um, connected to one of those three social media or all three of them, uh, social media platforms. Um, honestly, I'm not very I'm not very active on Twitter. I say that often because um, it is just such a cesspool, man. Every time you get on there, it is just unbelievable, the hatred um, and the horrible comments uh, that people um, have between one another. And so I, I don't go there too much. You know, I really don't want too much of that in my life. There's enough of that in everyday life living, you know, on the job or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I get enough of that, that I don't want to invite more of it into my life. And Twitter seems to just really be that kind of space. So I don't do too much of that, but, but, uh, Facebook and Instagram, I'm pretty active on those platforms. Uh, yeah, so that would be great before we, um, before I go into the main conversation. I thought it would be interesting from time to time to tell you what I'm currently reading. And so I'd like to share that with you right now. So I'm I'm bouncing between three different books at the moment, which is crazy. I should probably just set with one and uh, and and work my way through it, but that's not what I'm doing. So I'm work I'm working on three different books right now. Uh, the first one is Spell Crafting for the Christian Witch by Valerie Love. Now that's a new book. It really just came out within the past month or so, but it is really a great book. I, I love it so far, and I would highly recommend that to you if you're a Christian witch and you're interested in spell crafting that is uh, conducive or harmonious with your faith. Uh, Spellcrafting for the Christian Witch by Valerie Love is really a great book, and it's a really good read. Um, I, I think you'd really enjoy that, so I encourage you to get that. The next one I'm reading is um, Crystal Basics by Nicholas Pearson. Now, uh, Nicholas Pearson is going to be on the podcast um, in the first week or two of January, and this is a really great book. I, I, it is an intense book. It's an exhaustive book, even though it, it says Crystal Basics. It's, it, there's so much information there. So if you don't have a good handle on crystals and how they work and you know exactly how to work with them, this is a fascinating book um, that brings uh, science and, and practice um, it's just it's just a brilliant book, and again, that's called Crystal Basics by Nicholas Pearson, and I'm really loving that. It's a great book, and I think it's one of those books that you um, will work through, right, and um, reference over and over and over. So it's a good book to have in your library, no matter um, your um, I think working 
uh, level with crystals may be, it's a great book to have. And then the third one is a new one that a good friend of mine, Susan Edwards, uh, she's been on the podcast. She was on uh, a few months back and uh, she's got a new book out called Voices in My Head, Firsthand Account of Messages from God. The Truth About Angels, Aliens, Entities, and Ghosts. And again, that's uh, Susan Edwards, and that's a really great book. And so I just got this in the past week, um, but I'm loving it so far. I'm about um, almost halfway through it. It's a really great book. It's a very easy read, and it's extremely interesting. And so that would be another one. And all of those are available on Amazon. Um yeah, so I, I would encourage you to check those out. They're really, really great books. And, you know, one of the things I've noticed about witchery and, and expansion, um, deconstruction, all those kinds of things, is you're on a continual path of learning. There's always new information to digest. There's always new information to explore and to consider and to add to the arsenal of knowledge that you're really building. And it's a never-ending process. And so... Um, I think it's cool from time to time to stumble across books and and just share with others, hey, you know, this is what I'm reading right now. And all three of these books that I'm reading, um, Spellcrafting for the Christian Witch by Valerie Love, uh, Crystal Basics by Nicholas Pearson, and Voices in My Head by Susan Edwards, all of these are books that I would highly recommend. And I think you would gain a lot from reading them. Um it would help to expand you and to give you ground as well. And so they're great books. And what I'd like to talk to you about today in this podcast is um, power. Because I think for all of us, as we journey in a relationship with divinity, we are consistently in search of um, security, of love, um, something maybe or something that feels more powerful than our than ourselves to sort of traverse or travel through this life something that feels bigger deeper uh, and, and and just more powerful right and so i understand that and i i certainly i feel those things too however as of late i have been wondering if that kind of thinking could actually be getting in the way of really experiencing power and living in power and using real power because we're so conditioned to believe that we in and of ourselves are really very weak not enough right uh not strong enough not good enough not um knowledgeable enough and that conditioning then causes us to look for something that in place of our ineptitude provides power. Now, let me say my personal mythos on this is that we do not have to live powerless lives and that power, including our connection to it, does not have to be something that is outside of us. The power that we're looking for is natural. The power is readily available. In fact, the power is happening around us. The power is happening in us below us, above us, and you and I are connected uh, to natural and divine power at all times. We're infused and connected with the natural and the divine power in us and around us in such a way that we can literally mold 
um, the universe in our favor. Now, the uh, process is subtle, but it's incredibly influential. And I think that we... Um, I think that we miss this. We don't see it. We don't believe it. And some of us have even been conditioned, brainwashed really, to think it is sinful to believe that we have strength. So we deny the power in us and around us and the power that is us, the power that's whirling all around us and through us and in us and out of us. We deny it by believing that it is different from us, even though it is the same. And so the acknowledgement of that, the power is in us, the power is around us, the power flows through us, that the energy is available to us. That's the beginning of magic. That's the fabric of it. That's the substance of it. Because all energy, and hang with me here for a minute, all energy is one. And the way I best like to describe that in my own mythos is to go all the way back to Genesis, right? So the thing that we learn, and I will encourage you, and I'll reference this several, several times, um, we are all vibrating energy, all of us, right? Uh, the same energy that is the composition of myself is the exact same energy of the composition of a tree, of a plant, of a star, of anything, right? We are all at a subatomic le uh, level, the same energy, but we flow in different patterns, in different waves, and that creates different matter or forms of matter, but we're all the same vibrating energy. And that's lab-tested science. Um, to discover more about that, I would encourage a couple of things. Dean Radin's book, Real Magic, uh, the Divine Matrix by Gregory Braden, or even better is Missing Links, the television show. It's on the Gaia channel. Um, and they all go into, especially the Divine Matrix and Missing Links television. Those are very scientific-based ideas uh, within those bits of information. And you can really learn a lot about that. But basically, the science is this. We're all energy, the same kind of energy. And we're all interconnected. Now, the way that I best like to describe that in my own mythos or in my own spiritual belief system is that energy comes from first and second chapter of Genesis and God said. See, the energy of God's word created everything. Light and day and night, and water, and land, and so all the energy that created the heavens, the earth, light, and darkness, water, and land, it's all the same energy, right? It is literally the reverberation of God's spoken word. That's the energy that's vibrating in me. That's the energy that's vibrating in you. That's the energy that's vibrating in the sun, in the stars, in the moon, the energy of God's vocalization, that God energy of his own word is the energy that's present in all things. Now, consider that for a moment. The heavens and the earth reverberate with a single energy, God's voice. It's observable in science. 
We wouldn't call it God's voice. We'd just call it energy. But if we jump ahead, right, using my mythos, if we jump ahead and we look at something like quantum physics, that lab-tested science states all matter comprises of the same energy. It just flows in different waves to create different forms and different patterns. That science kind of validates, if we want to call it that, the energy of God's voice present in everything. Now, if we go with that idea, if we go with that hypothesis, and that's all that it is, right? So science says we're all the same energy, we're all connected, and what creates form and matter is that energy flows in different waves and patterns, but at the subatomic level, all the same, right? No difference. What I'm stating to you is that that's God's voice that you're looking at, but that's mythos, right? That is my own hypothesis. But if we jump ahead with that hypothesis and we look in Genesis 1 and 24, and God said, let the earth, once again, his creative energy, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, the cattle and the creeping thing, the beasts of the earth, earth after his kind, and it was so. God created inherent within every living thing the ability to procreate, the ability to bring forth. So the Greek word or the, the Hebrew word would be in this case um, means the inhabitants of the earth. And so God said, let the earth create. And if you think about the way that creation manifests, we begin to, I think we begin to put together an idea here. When you think about um, so many trees and plants, they literally create through their own power, fruit and vegetables. Uh, the earth creates honey of its own power, nectar, uh, pomegranates, right? Animals of all kinds create offspring and they expand further and further. Creation literally creates more dogs and more cats and humans and uh, apples and oranges and whatever. The God energy of creation that God used to create the universe, sun, moon, stars, light, day, night, human, whatever, God also infused into his creation all brimming with energy, creative energy, creation style energy. And the use of that energy is given a term among witches and magicians. And that term is magic. But if we demystify it just a bit and say that it's just this energy, right? Um, it begins to become something that's not so scary, right? In Genesis 1.24, God says, let the earth bring forth. So the earth and all its offspring, animals, plants, trees, oxygen, stars, whatever, possesses the creative energy of God. It's worth meditating on and thinking about for just a bit. In 126, and um, actually in, in, I think, Genesis 2 and 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, nostrils the breath of life. So 
the same substance of the earth is the same substance of mankind. So God ordained power given to the earth to create man, and we possess the same energy, which I believe is by divine design, the voice of God, the energy of God, the command of God, it's infused in mud, trees, mankind, and we are all magic. We just are. We're all creative forces of God. We simply are creative energy of God. And so if we were to tie this back to a scientific conversation, quantum physics, we, you and I, the trees, the ocean, the moon, the sun, the stars, it's all the same exact energy, right? Scientifically, it's all the same exact energy. Now, magic is the process or it's the belief system that we can move and direct energy in order to achieve a desired result, right? Whatever you loose in the heavens will be loosed on the earth. Everything that exists is interconnected because it's all energy flowing at different rations of matter, but the same energy. All reality is a vibrating web of energy, and this energy vibrating within the human is the same energy vibrating within the the moon, the stars, whatever it might be. The difference is the same energy is also vibrating or alive in the human mind. So we are energy with consciousness. We are energy with consciousness. And because of that, the witch or the magician believes that our consciousness affords us the ability to direct and to manipulate and to move energy to create change. Now, that's old school witchcraft, right? That's, that's magic. On a scientific level, quantum physics, which is lab-tested science, um, and you can look at this as, uh, it's called the Heisenberg theory, realize that when energy is observed by an individual, it can be directed and changed. Again, reference the Gaia channel, um, Missing Links, or the book, The Divine Matrix by Gregory Braden. It, energy can be transformed. It can be changed. It can be directed through mere observation. Now, that's called quantum physics. That's called quantum matter. In witchcraft, we just call it magic. But you can see how witchcraft or magic begins to be to develop or marry up with actual science. Quantum physics shows that we are all energy. Subatomic particles in quantum physics, particles of matter and wave, are just energy right? They're, they're never matter. They're only points of energy. And for most of us, and I'm not sure why, there's probably a myriad of reasons. We have a tendency to see ourselves disconnected and separated, even in conflict with power, when in reality, we're all interconnected. We are at peace with the universe because we are the universe.
So the Christian church has invested a lot of time in teaching our separation from power from God, which is really odd to me because Jesus seems to spend so much time trying to convince us that we are in God and that God is in us and that we cannot be separated from the love of God and that we are at peace with God and that God lives and is alive deep within every single one of us. This conditioning of weakness has caused us to look to all these sources outside of us to connect to power. Even when you look at specific magical practices, um, oftentimes outside sources of power, I'm thinking about tools like rituals or, or wands or coordinates or altars, the list goes on and on. It's not to say that those things don't have a place. They absolutely have a place. It's not to say that they don't possess their own sense and source of power. They absolutely, they absolutely do. But we are the vibrating energy of power that's most potent, right? Um, so again, there's not anything wrong with that. I mean, I, I have three altars set up in my space. And they have things, things like crystals and bells and singing bowls and wands and so much more. Tool, tools are fun. They're inspirational. They possess their own innate energy. But I'm the true source of energy. I'm the true source of power. From a God standpoint, uh, and I know this because I've spent a lifetime in this genre. I pastored for decades within the Christian context for power, we have looked at revivals or preachers or teachers or prophets or prayers. I'm thinking about like the prayer of Jabez, which was a popular book so long ago, faith healers, evangelists, or saints. And again, I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with those. They do possess their own power. They do possess their own source of inspiration but they, they aren't the essence of it, right? God is the source and God is in you. So the power is in you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 3.16, which is a verse I absolutely love, says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God dwells in you? 1 John 4.16. So we've come to know and to believe that the love of the love that God so we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And so I would suggest to you that the power of the universe, our personal power, and the power of God is something that is latent within us. Now, latent by definition means present, potential, but not active, that it's there. We're connected to God. We're connected to the universe. We literally are magic. And God, the universe, magic, they're the true fabric of you and I. And so for you and I to experience God and to experience magic and to experience power, we have to change the way, literally the way that we see ourselves. We have to believe in ourselves in a new way because currently we're the obstacle. We're the spell broken. We're the sin unrepented. We are 
really in our own way. And that thinking really has to change. We're the path. We're the conduit. I've always thought, quite honestly, Jesus was trying to do that in his teachings. Change the way that people in his time period thought about themselves. The way they thought about God. The way they thought about their connection to God. He spoke in ways that were very, very inclusive. Things like, the Father and I will make our home in you. The Holy Spirit will be in you. I often find Jesus reframing uh, the perceptions of God, God's love for mankind, God's uh, connectedness to man, and vice versa. And the message really carried even past uh, the time of Christ into the apostolic age with Paul saying things like, uh, you're the temple of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, there seems to be a consistent theme that God is in us, that power is in us. And um, we continue to find ways to bring separation into our hearts and minds, the way we think about power and God, when in reality we're infused with it. God is alive in me. Power is alive in me. I'm the temple of God. I mean, the language, to me, the language gets exciting pretty fast. I think that so many of us have been, especially within the Christian context, and don't forget now, I was a pastor for for 20 plus years, and so this is my genre, and so I can speak to this as a matter of fact. There was an awful lot of time creating separation, an awful lot of time creating certain expectations from individuals if they really wanted to experience the power of God. Fables were told, lies, deceptions presented. Um, obstacles, I would even say. Instead of accepting the love of God, instead of accepting the work of Christ. Uh, we did, I think, a really great job at making it more difficult than what it was intended to be. I think one of the other unfortunate things that occurred is the loss of magic, the loss of mysticism, the loss of a God-ordained directing of energy. Diane Smith in her book, Wicca and Witchcraft for Dummies, has a similar thought concerning this. And I know for those of you that are still deconstructing, a book on Wicca and Witchcraft might be a bit much for you right now, but this is actually a really great book. Always, I love all these for dummies books. I know the, the titles are slightly offensive maybe, but they're laid out so well. They give you basic to deep information on any subject. And I've learned so much from these styles of books. But in her book, Wicca and Witchcraft for Dummies, um, she says this. So to begin with, the first step is to change your thinking in the following three ways. We are surrounded by magic infused with magic in every cell and fiber of our being. Therefore, we are already magic. 
Now she went on to say, to begin with, to effectively cast a spell, you must have a fundamental trust in your own empowerment. There's a couple of things I want to say about this. For one thing, um, what she's calling magic in quantum physics, you would just call energy, right? We are energy. Energy is alive within us. Energy is what moves the universe, moves the earth, moves everything, right? And we are, as I said earlier, we're a part of this energy. We're involved in this energy. The difference between us and other forms of energy is we are energy conscious. We are energy with a consciousness. We are energy um, with a, a critical thinking and a thoughtful mind. For the last few years of doing podcasts, I've interviewed a lot of great people, Taoists and Buddhists and Christian mystics and witches and ceremonial magicians, and all of them said something very common, and that is that we have to begin to trust the energy within us, the vibrating energy within us. Some would call this intuition. Others would call it magic. Someone would, would call it the spirit or divinity. Because we're the temple of God, because we are magic, essentially we really are nothing more than conscious energy. This idea is called the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And uh, again, the divine uh, code or the divine matrix, um, Gregory Braden's book, it's amazing. Um, Real Magic by Dean Radin is great. And then Missing Links is another incredible um, um, resource, right? And so all of these actual science resources prove that we can make shifts in energy. We call, uh, we can direct energy, right, to, to accomplish specific things. That's magic. Available, inherent, innate that is magic. And again, we, we see this. It's funny because in, in we see this scientifically. So what witches have been saying for years, what magicians have been saying for years, we can now really prove in a scientific way. For some of us, that's quite a leap. For some of us to believe that we're connected to believe that the energy within the human mind is the same energy present in the physical world and that consciousness that we have has the ability to transform and to change things. The word ascribed to it within witchcraft or within other forms of, of uh, magic is, is called magic. And that word is taken on such a negative tone certainly within evangelical Christianity. But wouldn't it be interesting if instead of it being demonic, which, by the way, any good book on witchcraft and magic will tell you, um, it's it's quite natural. And you can reference some of the earlier podcasts, but Diane Smith, a respected witch, Scott Cunningham, a respected witch, both of those in their, in their offerings. Scott Cunningham has a lot of books on it. Um, says exactly the same thing. Magic isn't from the devil. It's not from demons. It's natural. It's inherent. It's innate within the earth. And it is within you and I as well. Wouldn't it be interesting if the whole time 
This was just a scientific fact. That what witches and magicians for long, long periods of time have believed was really true scientifically. The demonization of magic really came about through some feared and scared little individuals. And they used the most powerful tool of their time, which was religious fear, to put a stop to something they really just didn't understand. For so many of you in the deconstruction process, and for others of you that are just starting out in the path of Christian witchcraft, the idea of magic and spellcasting, it really can be kind of a scary thing. I know for me, who just recently took on the title of Christian witch, it took me a long time to get comfortable with the idea of magic simply because I really didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to process that in my mind and make it a part of my practice, something that I could really be comfortable with. The more I began to demystify it and really look at it, certainly from a scientific aspect and energetic aspect, um, which is one of the things that Scott Cunningham's books do. The book I mentioned earlier by Nicholas Pearson, um, oh, what was that called? The Basics. I've got it here somewhere. Um, I'm going to find it for you. Oh, Crystal Basics. Um, in that book, he uses a great deal of science to explain why crystal energy works. And for me, I don't know about for, for most of you, I need that science. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel a little safer. Even though I think at some point we do have to trust the voice within our, our, our own spirit, right? We have to trust that, well, um, in a lot of the conversations I've had with Valerie Love here on the podcast, one of the things that she's always said is trust is a big part of it. We have to trust that God is a part of the path and is able to keep us, right? And I think that for so many of us, we, we've been induced with fear or, or really afraid to trust, but we're infused with power. I mean, it's a scientific fact. We're the temple of the living God. If you're a Christian, that's a theological truth. And so if we begin to let go of the idea of weakness, if we begin to let go of the idea of our own helplessness and begin to embrace the idea that I am the temple of God, we begin to embrace the idea that every fiber of my being is magic, is energy, that I'm connected to every subatomic particle of energy in the entire universe, that I am energy conscious. If we begin to change the way that we think about ourselves and see ourselves and embrace literally the witch within, not denying the power of the Holy Spirit, not denying the power of prayer, not denying the power of a move of God. Certainly all those things are still critically important. But also embracing the voice of God that vibrates deep within us and that magic, so-called, may merely just be another tool that God has given that we might manifest, procreate. I don't think it's beyond the realm 
of good Christianity to believe that. I think the idea of being a Christian witch embracing I'm the temple of God, embracing I am the witch, I think that combining those two is a powerful move in the right direction of God's plan for our lives. I would encourage you, those of you, to really begin to embrace the idea of directing energy. There's some really great books on this that I think could be really, really helpful for you. Let me look, make sure I got the name right on a couple of these. So, yeah, Greg Braden's book, The Divine Matrix, that's one that you got to check out, right? Um, let's see what else I've got here. Valerie Love's book, um, How to Become a Christian Witch, is another one that you should check out. And then um, there's a couple of really great podcasts from the past that you should listen to as well. But in the next podcast, we'll talk about directing energy, how that's done, how that's accomplished, and how it lines up with the biblical idea of being created by God. All right, guys, so that's all I've uh, got for you today, man. I hope, hopefully this has been helpful to you. And uh, I would love to hear from you, right? It, it, let me know what you think so far. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Let me know what you think about this episode. The best way to connect is Facebook and Instagram. So I would encourage you to go to one of those platforms, right? Make that connection. Let me know what you think. I'll be definitely looking for you there. All right, guys. God bless. Good witching. Done. Done.